are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly. I am here with the co-host Matt Donnelly. Hey, everybody. And a very special guest today, uh, returning to the show, Mitch Emerson. Welcome, Mitch. Wah, 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 wah. How are you? <laughs> so good to be here again. And when I say here, I mean my living room and my lazy boy. What are you wearing right now, Mitch? This isn't that kind of show. Um, no, I'm wearing some gym shorts and a t-shirt. I'm very comfortable. Does the t-shirt have some kind of catchphrase on it? It is a punny, it is a punny t-shirt. What does it say? It says, choose cremation, you earned it. But it's got <laughs> earned spelled u-r-n instead of e-a-r-n i i feel like you're the living embodiment of the dude from uh, big lebowski right now i've heard that before and i totally abide <laughs> so we had mitch on uh back in april so about six or seven months ago and uh you said at the time you were starting to get back into your stand-up uh you had you just you're fresh hot <coughs> fresh off of the uh, game show winning uh you were on mental samurai with rob Lowe. you said the game show what winnings oh okay oh. that's exactly what i thought you said only i didn't i didn't actually win anything you actually didn't win any money at all no no i got to oh. say hi to rob low <laughs> did you get any parting gift any yeah, special parting, parting gifts? gifts i i got two hundred dollars for for taking the day off really and okay. i got to spend spend the night at the burbank holiday and did you get to mingle with the other contestants at all i did i did oh, we kind of nice tried to get into each other's head a little bit psych each other out you know called each yeah. other names and yeah no it was very friendly backstage it, was it seems like game. in the in the 80s game shows you would leave with parting gifts like a board games and soap yeah, no, and this was, stuff like that this was all or nothing oh, okay <laughs> you either got the ten thousand dollars that first round or you got bub kiss and then there's always the thing of people always say, oh, you don't want to win a car on a game show because you'll end up owing way more money because of taxes. Is that yeah. true? Does anybody know that? If you win a car, are you like all of a sudden in debt for the rest of your life by winning this car? I guess people were upset at Oprah when she gave them the cars because of the taxes. Oh, and yeah. People kind of were. A big, big move, Oprah, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Get a bunch of people who are heavily in debt, and here you get a car, and you, by the way, you owe $10,000. All right, Mitch, so we're here to follow up on uh, you. And uh, recently, I know you've had some commercial work that's been very exciting. The big, big Chili's commercial I was in. Yeah. No, it was actually a lot of fun because, I mean, I uh, always wanted to act. And being out here, I've had an opportunity to be on different sets. I mean, even doing the game show, I mean, I wasn't acting in anything, but I got to be on set. Right. And I just love that energy. I just love that environment. Um, so not only did I get to be on set, but the scene that we did was a tailgating scene for this Chili's commercial. And at one point, everybody's just chanting my name, Mitch, 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 to just kind of get the energy up before we shot. And I just, I, it was one of those moments where you just, you have to pinch yourself or have yeah. somebody else pinch you and just like, yeah, I mean, I'm making in a few bucks, I'm on set and 
this is people are chanting my name you are the star of that yeah yeah no it set. really really yeah. felt like that so Did you mean, get a chair a director's chair <laughs> no no i got a fan is what <laughs> we shot it in the valley and it was a tailgating scene where the girls were wearing winter coats but it was also like 105 degrees it's a great little shot man you steal the scene you steal that commercial for sure what are you doing with all that chili's money Oh my God! You know, I'm just—it's—it's uh, it's tough being rich and famous in LA. You don't know who your friends are. They give you chili certificates, but you have to pay taxes on them. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, they totally opened me. So the next one is also Chili's and you're in a bathtub. You want to set the scene for that one? This one, you're the entire show. Yes, yes. It is me in a bathtub and you can't see it. And there's no godly reason that they should. There's There was no reason for me to be in a flesh-colored Speedo for that scene. <laughs> Were you really in one? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think it was a joke. Uh <laughs> Somebody was playing on me, but yeah, and it, it was great because I was in it for about, uh, you know, you've seen the spot. It's all of 10 seconds long, but I was in that flesh colored Speedo for about three or four hours just hanging out with people. Really? So how did they present that to you that here's your wardrobe? <laughs> yeah, they actually gave me uh, swim trunks at first, but then they were like, yeah. no, I really think we should go. <laughs> For the flesh-colored Speedo. And again, you can't even come close to seeing, like, below my chest. So do you still have the Speedos, is the question. You can't You can't keep any of the props. Or... Oh, they wanted those back. Otherwise, I would, totally. Because, like, <laughs> who else is going to wear them, you know? Well, I, at first, I thought it was odd anyway, because I went into the audition, and the audition was, like, uh, the part that I was supposed to be playing was a delivery person, and they gave me some <laughs> stuff to ad-lib. But then when they brought me back for the callback, like, as soon as I got there, they were just like, are you comfortable taking your shirt off? Like... And just like whoa you know really uh, this is different little bait and switch but yeah you know what i'll get i'll get naked for chilies yeah and i did and it was great so you had to walk through the set in front of everyone with the beige speedo on <laughs> yeah we actually shot it at uh rachel bilson she's a young actress and her father lives in hollywood and we actually shot it at his home oh, really? great bathroom i might consider trading in my entire apartment for this guy's bathroom but it was her father and we shot it there so i was in his living room for three <laughs> or four hours sitting there in a beige colored speedo did they give you a robe they did it was see-through but they did. <laughs> they did so are you sitting in is the water warm how long are you in the water for the shot they did there was actually no water they had a bubble machine no way yeah that's no hollywood it's insider information but I, I did such a good job acting that it, it made yeah. me believe there was water in the tub that's good so you're laying there in the tub and you had some cucumber slices on your eyes yeah and then they comically fall off and yeah what is your line again welcome to mitchell's because the whole <laughs> thing's it's a delivery now that chili's is doing so yeah yeah I, it's welcome to everybody's house welcome to my bathtub welcome to mitchell's Oh, that's so awesome, man. Maybe you could be like this Chili's guy. Like sometimes corporations have their guy, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Like and... Spokesman. Yeah, yeah, that would be, that's solid money right there. That's a paycheck. I wonder if anybody's ever grown out of that to an actual career. I was thinking about that the other day, like Flo from Progressive. 
She couldn't oh, just show she's up. She's a great uh, improv actress, actually. Oh, really? I've seen her here in LA performing a couple of times. But how is she going to just show up in the in the scene? You'd be like, "Oh, that's flow." You do kind of, you do kind of, and I have actually seen her in some some indie movies. She is she is doing other things other than being flow, but it's kind of hard yeah, to step outside much. of the shadow of flow. So, uh, what else you got going on, Mitch? You've been doing much stand up lately? Uh, not as much lately. I've been doing a lot more driving Uber. You can catch me in a, a Prius <laughs> mainly because I've been waiting for that Chili's money to come in, and I'm actually <laughs> going to take a, a small trip to tropical uh, Iowa City, Iowa, in a couple of weeks here. Um, as we, I think we talked about before, I'm trying to kind of deal with some residual stuff from Iowa. I mean, I had some problems with the law there. You want to get into that at all, Mitch? Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, what happened was in 2008, I went into a house to buy a small amount of marijuana. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> seven grams, a quarter of an ounce, you know, not a huge amount of marijuana, but the house was under surveillance mm. and I got hit pretty hard. Usually in that situation, somebody buying a small amount of pot would get charged with possession, which is a misdemeanor and, you know, not, not a huge deal. But the prosecutor at that time had a penchant for laying this charge. Uh, I, she did it to another person that I know, actually, this charge solicitation to commit a felony. Hmm. And basically what that means, what she's saying when she says that is I coax this kid into sm- selling me, you know, a small amount of weed, thereby coaxing him to commit a felony himself. Oh, geez. And so the solicitation to commit a felony is a felony in and of itself. Class Did you D tell felony. her that the product sells itself, baby? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, never you mind the fact that this kid had, you know, pounds and pounds of marijuana and I'm buying right. a quarter right. ounce from him. How much is that? How much is seven? Is that what it is? Seven grams? It's, it's a quarter of an ounce. It's about, uh, it's about two nights worth, two nights worth. <laughs> of marijuana. <laughs> um, it's an interesting question that you ask because well, I just I, if I was looking at it in a baggie, is it a a dinner salad or is it a side salad? What's what does it look like? No, I like your analogy, um, but uh, it's like if you laid your middle finger down in a baggie, it would oh, would be about that. Okay. But yeah, so I got charged with that. And it's interesting that you should ask that question because I went with a public defender because at the time I didn't have the money to get uh, a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so I went with a public defender and he asked me uh, the same question you did. He's a quarter, quarter ounce of marijuana. Is that a lot? Did he compare like, it to I, salads like I did? <laughs> no, he didn't use the salad analogy, <laughs> okay. but yeah. that should have been my first clue that that he was not going to be great representation because <laughs> he had no idea. He was asking me, and I'm like, I, I, for me, it's like, yeah, maybe two nights worth of pot, but in the eyes of the law, buddy, I, I, is it a lot? I'm going to ask you. So I got uh, terrible representation and just from that point got convicted and just ended up going through the system. And I would have... Um, asked to borrow the money for a lawyer from my mother, but she was terminally ill at the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I did not. Oh, that all eventually happened right, she got to- right at that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, sorry, it was quite, quite the, the storm 
but yeah, eventually my sister had to come to take care of my mother and she became the uh, executor of my mother's estate. And we ended up getting an appeal and I ultimately ended up winning the appeal. But for a little over two years of my life, I was a felon and got to experience that. I got to experience four months in a halfway house. I got to experience two months in jail. Uh, two months in prison, and then I was in this pretty invasive probation called drug court, where you went to the court house every week, and you had different people that you had to talk to every week, and had to pee in a cup every other day. So yeah, so you're going to buy seven grams of marijuana. What were your plans to do with the marijuana after you bought it? Um, you know, really nefarious stuff. I was going to eat uh, a bag full of family-sized uh, Cheetos and probably watch Step Brothers. <laughs> yeah, a in a loop, yeah. in a loop. Those those are my big plans for those two days. Right. So basically, um, take, take I mean, down society. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What is what is prison like? My experience with prison, and luckily, I spent a lot of time in the reception because they didn't know quite where to put me. I had very low points because besides the marijuana charge, I didn't really have anything on my record. So I spent a lot of time in the reception area. And then they were going to send me to this place called Lester Heights, which is basically a a camp. And I don't even think there were walls around it. I think if you wanted to run from Lester Heights, yeah, I mean, you could. But then when they caught you, they were going to send you someplace that definitely Mm -hmm. had walls. But yeah, I was supposed to go to this Cush place. It was uh, supposed to be great. But along the way, Lester Heights was a satellite prison of Anamosa State Penitentiary. Anamosa State Penitentiary had a lot of walls. It looked a lot like Shawshank, like Hmm. straight up, like when the bus pulled up, just looking at Shawshank prison. And the first thing they had me do when they got there was go see the nurse. And she took my blood pressure, which was off the charts. Mm -hmm. And she was like, wow, your blood pressure is really high. And I was just like, yeah, do you think so? I'm not not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the nurse went to the supply to grab everything that, you know, you would need your first few days in prison. And the guy who ran the supply, I will never forget, he looked at me. And as soon as I saw him, it looked like he had locked eyes with me and it looked like he knew me, but I knew I didn't know this guy, Hmm. but sure enough, he was just like, you, what the fuck are you doing here? And I said, I'm sorry, do I know you? And he's like, no, but I've worked here for 25 years. I know the guys that need to be here and the guys that have no business being here and you have no business being here. How did you get here? And I told him. And he's just like, seven grams of marijuana. I'm supposed to believe you're in here for seven grams of marijuana. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, The first week you're in Anamosa State Penitentiary, they keep you and hold you in lockdown the entire time. You're basically in your cell, which is very small. You are never three feet, never farther than three feet away from the toilet. Is the toilet, is it just a stainless steel with no lid? It is. It is. It is stainless steel and the sink is included. How big is the toilet? They're really small, right? I mean, yeah, that's not the most uncomfortable thing by far, but... Uh, it's it's a pretty normal sized toilet, maybe okay. a little bit small. It's it's comparable, I would say, to uh, an an airplane lavatory. 
Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, I've always been very curious about those toilets. <laughs> yeah, don't get too curious. It is okay. not worth finding out. But yeah, the first week I was there, I was on lockdown because everybody's on lockdown the first week that you're there. And they let us out basically to go to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then they let us out another time to see all the prison jobs that we could do, you know, making license plates, which is definitely really? one of the jobs and did you say that is so cliche of you guys <laughs> yeah like it is a little on the nose don't you think <laughs> did but, they slop the food down in like an ice cream scoop <laughs> um some of it yes not all yeah. of it not the well, I, I would imagine that what you'd, you'd be really scared i mean like because these are all criminals that you're surrounded with when well, your first time in in with mixed in with all of them how do you know where to sit i mean what How'd you feel? Like I was never really all that scared until we were in Animosa. So we were at Animosa and it was our second day there. We were in line to go to breakfast, I think. And there was an inmate who was in G-pop or general population. And he just started walking our breakfast line. And he got to the kid in front of me, and the kid in front of me uh, made the mistake of saying, hey, what's going on? Oh, no. At which point, the the G-popper just stopped and screamed, I don't know, what is going on? And it was just just the way that he screamed it. Uh, I mean, it was very evident that this guy had all kinds of mental problems and wanted to kill this kid for no other reason than the kid talked to him. So, I mean, some of those stereotypes are just right on the nose, right on... Did you have the, to, like, pick a, pick a gang? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> until that exact moment that I was just like, oh, shit. Like, this yeah. is just as bad as I was thinking it might be. And, you know, I gotta watch my ass in here. But luckily, and I swear to God, I'm not hugely religious or anything, but every night I would be praying so much to God that I would win the appeal that every morning I was just automatically praying still. And the day before I was supposed to go into general population, uh, my prison counselor came to me and he's just like, oh man, there's a phone call for you and was hoping it would be my lawyer. And sure enough, it was. And yeah, I got on the phone and he said, Mitch, you know, it finally came through. The appeal finally came through. And uh, I remember it was a Friday and he was like, there's nobody there to transport you right now. And I was like, well, shit, I mean, I can call a hundred people to give me a ride. I will walk, but I had to process out of Johnson County. So I had to get a ride to Johnson County. When you left, did they like slide your personal effects across the counter? Like they do in the movie? <laughs> it is kind of like that. It is kind of like that. They do have them when you... It was crazy for me because I, you know, spent two months in jail and two months in prison. After a while, like you forget what you came in with and you're just like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got that. And I can only imagine what it's like for some of these guys that go in for years and years and years and they finally uh, get that stuff. They're like you one know? kiss, eight track, <laughs> one <laughs> yeah. pair of bell bottoms. So your appeal wasn't overturned or whatever. Um, how long would you have been in there? About 11 months with all the good time and everything that I had accrued at that point. 
Wow. And it would have been manageable, but it just, I just, there wouldn't have been much, much of a point to it, really. I mean, yeah. it's crazy that we demonize marijuana. Because you, you got arrested for something that I could, I passed many stores probably on my way home today. It's absolutely nuts because at that time, even, there was a disparity in the laws across the country. And, you know, it seemed like the the winds of change were starting to blow, but just not in Iowa whatsoever. And they were the fact that the prosecutor would charge somebody with such a hefty charge. Right. Something so small. I mean, it just. Do you still feel bitter about it? Um, I mean, it's not, there were a lot of good things that, uh, actually did come out of that time. I mean, I definitely don't like that. I've spent eight months of my life, you know, in a room that I didn't want to be in, mm -hmm. but I did, you know, get to experience some things that I wouldn't otherwise get to experience. I mean, the, demographically, we don't have a huge black or African-American population in Iowa, but mm -hmm. you get to jail, you get to prison. You're just like, oh my God. Yeah, this is, this is, I guess this is where Iowa keeps its black people. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I was in a minority a lot of times in those situations. And so it was very interesting to experience racism from a different angle. And, uh, I think one really good thing that came out of it was I was going through drug courts when my mom passed on and it really made me be, you know, clean and sober and present for that and really, really grieve the way that I needed to grieve at that time. Right. Right. Cause you had to take it full on. Yeah, yeah. There was there was no um, damping of feelings. You know, you just you had to experience it. Was it during this time that you made the decision to move out to LA to try to pursue acting? The 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 one dream that I've always had is being on TV and being in film. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, you know, you're only alive for a while, and definitely when my mom passed away, it made me consider how short life is and what do I really want to do? How do I want to spend my time on this planet? And I had the opportunity then to, to move out. And so I took it. So let me ask Matt, maybe, you know, this too, um, you know, you're talking about things were changing as you were getting arrested for, you know, having marijuana, but if it, say in Oregon, um, I used to, I remember hearing somewhere that it was like a year per plant if you were growing it way back when, and it was illegal. A guys that got arrested for something like that, and then now it's legal, are they still in jail? Yes, they are. Um, really? But there's a, there's a movement going on to, um, to pass laws that will retroactively go back and expunge records. Okay. Um, I don't know if... I, in fact, I don't know if you know this, Mitch. Maybe Illinois might be the first one, because I know that they, when they legalized marijuana starting January 1st, that might have been part of the bill that did it through the state legislature. Um, but I know that there's a movement going on to, uh, to be able to do that, which is fair. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's just common sense. Yeah, I know um, um, I was driving Uber uh, probably about a year ago, and I was driving this uh, cop who had retired, but he had to go back to court. Um, and it had to do with the fact that there were so many people in jail that they were having to 
to let out because the laws had changed. So and he was yeah. upset about it, but I'm I'm driving my car and secretly I'm I'm just like, hell yeah, they had to let him out. <laughs> so did you learn your lesson, Mitch? Are you have you uh, refrained since that I, point? I totally <laughs> smoked a bowl before we started talking. <laughs> I yeah, no, it was it was actually kind of hard to live. I mean, I, the first couple of months I moved out here, I might as well have been on heroin because it was a total kid in the candy shop situation. Where, I mean, I would go into all these dispensary dispensaries just like a kid uh, on his first day of kindergarten. I would just have like my recommendation in one hand and some money in the other hand, and just like my mom. Told me to get Blue Dream. So it's twelve forty-one now. When did you smoke? Uh, about an hour ago. About an hour ago. And what were your? What are you feeling now? Guy just through this last hour. What's your experience with it? Um, like what are the <laughs> sensations now? Yeah. Uh, I smoked a, a strain that I've come to enjoy called Wedding Cake, and okay. that's a hybrid. It's both. Uh, Indica. I'm going to stop you right there, Mitch, because this is one reason why I don't smoke pot is because I don't want to hear people talk about the strains. It's just like Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, well, it's it's a uh, it's a nice high. It's not too over empowering or anything. It's sativa heavy. Sorry, Aaron, but it is. <laughs> and so that's it's kind of a higher high yeah. more than more than your stony. I'm gonna sit in this couch and not do anything ever again. Now, Matt, I know that you are not anti pot either. No. Um, Okay, let me let me challenge this to you guys because that's okay. Talk if you talk about something that's annoying, it's like talking to guys about pot that are super into it and all the strains and all that. Um, also, it's annoying that they cannot admit that there are, are any possible negative things about pot. Like, no, oh, can, I mean, there's can, good you, and bad. You, you, and you can build a building out of it. You could fly a plane with it. You could, you could, <laughs> eat it, you could, you know. Are you talking about ham? Yeah, right. So, yeah. so what is a? Ne- I want to challenge you guys. What are the negatives of marijuana? Ooh, for me, the worst thing about because I'm like I said, I'm not by my nature. I'm not an ambitious person anyway. It's the the amotivational syndrome that comes with smoking pot that is definitely the worst thing. I I've only tried it a couple times, um, and it didn't do anything to me. So I was probably really, I probably really benefited because it didn't, because I'm sure that I would really enjoy it and like it um, <laughs> too much. So, but yeah, I think that's a fairly common thing. The first few times that I tried it, I didn't get any effects from it. And actually um, my friend didn't either. So we had decided to buy an eighth. They were like, if we smoke the whole thing, we'll probably feel something at some point. And yeah, sure enough, eventually I looked at him and his head was getting bigger and smaller and bigger. And so and I said, Kevin, your head's getting bigger and smaller and bigger. Uh, to which he replied, I'm swimming. And he jumped on the carpet and just started doing a, a front crawl. It was actually a week before my 17th birthday uh, that I smoked pot and got high off it for the first time and ate the birthday cake that my mom had made a week too early. Um, was it your birthday cake? It, oh, yeah, yeah. She made me a birthday cake and said, you know, don't don't eat this for another week. And, I, you know, at the time I was like, why, why? 
you know, I have some self-control, mom. Um, but sure enough, like later on that night was the very first time I got high and my friend Kevin and I went up to the kitchen, ate everything that we could find. And I mean everything. We just like cans of soup and just like stuff that we had saved for a you know a blizzard and then the last thing i mean we ate just about everything and i remember kevin looked at me and he's just like i'm still hungry and i was like i know man i know it's bottomless and he's like there's there's nothing else to eat is there and i was like there's there's one more thing and we ate the whole thing we ate the whole (laughs) freaking cake did how did you get caught or did you Oh, well, I mean, I I got, I I didn't get caught uh, being high, but I definitely got an earful from my mom. She didn't understand it, and I didn't really know how to explain it. I was just like, (laughs) yeah, I I got really, really hungry, and I love you, and I'm I'm sorry. My birthday will be just as special. And why are there Bob Marley posters up in the living room now? (laughs) In one night, yeah, everything (laughs) changed. Mitch, do you feel closer to God? I don't know if you're a religious person or not, but when you're high, do you feel like a bigger connection? And Aaron, that's probably annoys you when people say that. But. <laughs> uh, I definitely not so much uh, with marijuana, probably to some extent with marijuana, but I've had experiences with uh, psilocybin mushrooms and mescaline where I've been absolutely convinced that there is there is a higher power. It probably affects that part of your brain, I would assume, that drives yeah. that under certain drugs. There's probably a certain strain that does that as well, Mitch. You <laughs> talk about it's uh, 30% uh, sativa and uh, 7%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I, I don't have any problems with it at all. Like, I think people should be free to do whatever they want to do. My only hesitation is like, as a society should, you know, even just in general, if you're doing something that's taking you out of the normal homeostasis state of who you are, which is not on drugs, not on caffeine, not on anything, um, is that a healthy thing to be doing as sort of a larger trend, you know, long term uh, for a society? I guess that would be my concern over it, maybe. And, and I'm curious to see, like, what are the effects uh, in the states that have legalized? Is or have things changed societally in those states? You know. I think I just saw an article about how they've been using the taxes in Colorado to um, shelter homeless people. I think there's a lot of economic good that can come out of making it legal and putting a tax on it. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I think there's some good in not making it criminal just so that people that would otherwise not be criminals like myself, I mean, um, I would, I would really like to try it sometime before I die just to experience it. I would, I would um, really like to try it with you. I would really <laughs> like to try it with you. So, You're so up- Mitch, <laughs> I think I would be a good candidate. I, I know that I would love it. That, that's, I think that's what I'm scared of is that I think it hits me at my core as to things I would enjoy because I'm a cerebral person anyway. And I like, I don't know, altered mind states and stuff. So I think it would hit me there and, and uh, I would end up talking ad nauseum about strains for hours. I would be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mitch, if you, let me put you in this situation. So you are, you have a son who's in a state where it's not legal. And he is going, wanting to go and buy pot. What is your advice to him? Oh, um, How about that one to, to, to finding a dealer, essentially yeah. <laughs> not advice on how to find the best dealer, but 
<laughs> maybe, maybe that's where you're going. But given all the troubles that you've been through legally, not that it's a good or a bad thing, like morally, what would your advice be to him? If you live in a state where it's not legal, what would you do? I've gotten good at mailing it, so I might, I might, I might just tell him to Venmo me. And uh... so, your advice is for you to be the dealer. <laughs> Cut out the middleman. Yeah. So, as far as uh, future uh, commercial work, or is anything uh, you got you're looking forward to, Mitch, or anything on the career wise? I know you're also working on a screenplay. Last time we talked. Yeah, I've got a callback on Monday for a uh, commercial. Um, So knocking on wood, tell me to break legs. Yes. And then, yeah, I've I've gotten one of my scripts to a point that I just, I could look at it again and try and revise it again myself. But I really want to have some other eyes on it. And I have somebody in mind that I, I want to look at it. So the other one was uh, Daddy's Girl, you called Daddy's it? Daddy's Girl, yep. Yeah, and it's like a comedy, like a maybe a buddy comedy of some kind? Kind of a bu- buddy comedy, yeah. like yeah. ultimately a father-daughter come together, feel-good comedy extravaganza. Starting smoking pot, where to get it, certain strains to get it. <laughs> it's, it's for an hour and a half. It's just a father talking to his daughter about the best strains. Yeah. It's for you, Aaron. I'm dedicating this to you. I, I kind of like it when in a movie or a book, someone talks about doing drugs and there's no lesson learned. They just had a good time. And they move on from the scene. I just find that so refreshing. I don't know. <laughs> I just, uh, that's nice. I would like to see a whole movie about it. It'd be awesome. Well, Mitch, uh, so excited for you, buddy. Um, so proud of you. And you got the star quality, man. You're going to make it. Think good things are going to keep happening for you. We want to keep everyone posted on Mitch's progress through uh, LA and through stardom and, and uh, making his career. So this is episode two of the Mitch Emerson saga. We'll have you back in a little bit. And if that works for you and keep us updated. Yeah, hopefully on the third one, I'll be a, a series regular or something. But yeah, I love you guys. Thank you so much for talking to me. Always, always a pleasure pleasure and yeah have a great time there was no reason for me to be in a flesh colored speedo let me run with you tonight i'll take you thanks for listening to think funny if you enjoyed the show please take a moment to like subscribe, and tell a friend. If you have comments or topics for the guys, you can email them at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And check out aarondonley.com for today's show notes and much more. But let me get to the point. Let's roll another joint and turn the radio loud. I'm too long to be You don't know how it feels to be me.